Welcome to the EDM Producer Podcast. This is the show where we interview EDM producers from around the world, ask them about their production techniques, what programs they're using, software, hardware, how they're marketing their music, and anything else we could think of. Today, we're joined with an awesome guest and a great producer, Alexander Arso, and he's calling us from Slovenia. Is that right? Yeah, that's true. Slovenia. Hello. How you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. Hope that you also. Yeah, I'm doing great. I, I mean, I live in Florida in the U.S. How could you yeah, not, how know, could you not be great? <laughs> <laughs> Same for Slovenia. I live on Blit. It's a um, touristical city with big lake, uh, a lot of tourists and so on. Also great. Oh, that sounds really nice. Now, you're DJ, you go by the DJ name Arso, right? Yes, that's true. Yeah? Very cool. Now, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what kind of music you produce? Uh, lately, I produce uh, electronic dance music. Uh, in the past, um, last year, I even made one uh, totally acoustic album. Uh, but uh, for last, uh, I don't know how many years, I'm doing mostly electro. I started in one electro funk band uh, in the uh, mid 80s. And then I didn't do nothing on a field of music for 20 years. I don't know. And somewhere in uh, 2005, I started producing again, uh, doing some electro album, uh, which, uh, which was realized in Chicago uh, with the name Mindless. And then mm. I made one dance uh, album with group Neurobic. Yeah, I could tell from looking at your, your web pages and stuff that you have, you know, you play guitar, you have an, a yeah. very interesting history in music. So I think that's very cool. Yeah, I play guitar all my life and uh, I'm a bit of um, bored by guitar. So I start playing keyboard uh, last 15 years. I don't know. I'm not gr great uh, keyboard player. So I'm still doing my songs mainly with guitar and then um, recreate them with the keyboard. You know, I see. I see. That's great. Now, what software do you use to create? What's your DAW of choice? Uh, lately, Ableton, because I got it for review. I'm uh, writing for Soundbytes magazine, and cool. um, yeah, it was a great uh, discovering for me because uh, before that I use uh, Studio One. I know that you know it because uh, I heard that you use it. Yes. Yes, and uh, Cubase mostly, but I'm feeling love with uh, Ableton Live lately because it ha it have a great side chaining compression. And uh, it have a great ability to automation. Also, uh, one um, major feature it is uh, that when you drop audio in it, it uh, turns it to MIDI, especially uh, drum loops or uh, melody or whatever. So it's great for making remix. You know, you put um, bass guitar inside Ableton Live, and you get harmonies for all the song you make uh, remix and so on. Yeah, that's a great idea for remixing that new feature. And that's only new in, in Live 9, right? The uh, audio yes, to me. Yes, yes, yes. It's uh, in the last version, yeah. Also, I heard, um, I think it's Clean Bandit featuring Jazz Glane, uh, Rather Be. You know that song? No. It's typical Ableton Live song because it starts with uh, Symphonic Orchestra and then... Um, sound uh, synth which sound like operator from live uh -huh. uh, play the same uh, line you know so it's pretty fast to make song this way you just one loop you take one loop i don't know orchestra or anything put it in live and then you have all midi for doing further that 
So wow. I, I really have to mess with that more. I mean, I own <laughs> Live 9, but I haven't messed with it. And I had a feeling when I started doing this podcast that, you know, I'm going to be learning all these new ideas from you guys. So I'm putting that one on my list. Now, have you tried Bitwig yet? Uh, yes, I tried Demo, but I missed some features. So I I don't know. No? I don't know. Not yet. Yeah. Maybe in yeah, not yet. Yeah. Right. We got to give them a little bit of time. Yeah. Resume. Now, now, what is your favorite soft synthesizer? Uh, Silent One. That's okay. uh, the best. And Nexus for a wide array of sounds. And lately, Synthmaster, because Synthmaster have a great colors of sounds, you know, very different sound that they can find in Silent or in Nexus. It has some really special sounds and uh, a great number of presets, be presets, because I'm a big fan of presets. I tweak them, I adopt them, I change uh, this and that, but uh, during all this year, I never learned uh, to program sounds, really, so I'm a fan of presets. I like presets, too. And I just recently started getting into some sound design, but, you know, sometimes you're in the mood to make music and sometimes you're in the mood to create sounds and it's two different <laughs> completely things. So Yes. Now, what, uh, what are a couple of your other favorite plugins? Uh, I don't know, all sort of distortions, you know, because distortion is a really great effect. Uh, in a few years ago, I asked one well-known producer, what is your favorite plugin? And he said, distortion. I use it <laughs> all the time. So yes, distortion is great, you know, when you want to spice a bit your synth or you want to spice anything, it's great uh, to use distortions. Or to also, if you automate it, uh, especially um, from live, uh, live have one, uh, have one really good distortion inside. And so... That's my favorite. Yeah, that's. I like distortions too. I, I've been playing a lot with Native Instruments Machine, and I feel like almost everything I put in there, I throw distortion on it now, and it <laughs> just makes it sound good. Now, uh, in live, are you using just a stock distortion plugin? Uh, I can't remember the name, but yes, it's okay. uh, saturation or something like that. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Because it have a very nice uh, automation also when you. Uh, put it, uh, it can bite like a dog, you know, rah, rah. So <laughs> it's really great. Nice. Now, how about hardware? Do you use any physical hardware? I used to, I used to, I still miss my, uh, wireless from access, ah. but lately not much. I use uh, my MIDI keyboard. It's, uh, Roland, I presume the big one and Nocturne from Revation. I would uh, love, yeah. yeah, I would love to have this Ableton new things, but uh, it's too expensive for the moment for me. So what maybe. push Ableton yes, push? Yes, yes, yes. You know, I bought that and really, uh, and? I did. I used it for about a month, and and I wanted to see if I could become very proficient at it and play it as good as I could play a keyboard like a piano. And uh, I realized it was going to take a lot more work than I thought, and I, I eventually ended up selling it, but. That being said, it's a it's a solid piece of hardware. It's very very nice, very nice. Yeah, I know. It's my dream, you know, to have it something like that, and then uh, driving around and playing these things and so on. Because you can't take your keyboard with you and so on. But this looks nice. Yeah, yeah. Or but it's very it, it's very different than playing an actual keyboard, though. You'll see when you eventually yes, get know, it. Yes, I know. I asked my friend uh, what he think about that and he said yes you know i saw those videos but those 
guys that play that are skill, very skilled and uh, it's not so easy like it looks like. So yeah, I yeah. assume, yes, it's, <laughs> yeah, you should I, spend some time to learn how to use it. Exactly, exactly. And with my attention span, I didn't spend enough time, obviously. But yeah. now what, uh, what piece of gear in your studio could you not live without? Hmm. I, I presume speakers. Because I use uh, old Yamaha NS10. Uh, yeah. And I think if you have good speakers, then uh, you have everything, you know, for a studio. Because I have one old PC, it's, uh, it's dying all the time, it's slow and so on. But with good speakers, it's studio, you know, as, yeah. as long as you have speakers. Yeah. And you like the Yamaha NS10s? Not much, but I stuck with them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you just got used to them. Yes. I use uh, my headphones for uh, timing the bus. Because as you know, I presume you know that Yamaha don't have a low end. Right. Uh, yeah, they're deaf under 50. So So what do you use for headphones? What brand? What type? Oh, a cheap one. I don't know. I um, I have it on my head, so I can't uh, see the name, but they're not. It's okay. No. <laughs> you know, I'm the same way. I have a set of KRK Rocket 5s, and you just can't get the bass out of them. So I, have, I put on like a pair of Bose headphones when I need to, you know, monitor my bass. Mm. And I would like to eventually have a subwoofer. Have you ever used a, set, a setup like that? Um, I have one old speakers. So when I'm doing mastering, I use them. Uh, they're old uh, hi-fi speakers, and they have really yeah. nasty bass. So... Nice. I learned how to use them, but uh, lately I don't even use them much because I get the same result almost with uh, headphones. So right, right. That's good. I agree. If it doesn't really matter sometimes the quality of the gear, as long as you really know how to interpret yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. How about some secret production tips that you would mm -hmm. like to share with some of the listeners here? I don't know, lately also one friend asked me how that I uh, assure this sound, but uh, I presume that's uh, the most important is uh, to clear your bottom end, to uh, cut everything under, I don't know, 100 hertz, uh, except on the bass and the kick, uh, and also to cut uh, all loves from reverb and uh, delay and so on. This I think it's the most important thing that you should do to improve your um production great advice and you'll see that with a lot of beginner producers their their mixes sound muddy and it's just yeah, because yeah. they're not carving out spaces in the you know the frequency range to yeah. put all the instruments so i agree with you it's good advice i used to cut always on a 250 for that muddiness but no i learned that uh if you tame your love uh, and that's enough usually yeah, and make some special space for bass and kick. I don't know. I made some hole around the 100 hertz in a bass and a small hole in a kick uh, around I don't know 250. Okay, and greater hole around 500 in the kick and so on, so on to make space for all all other instruments. Very cool. Yeah, that's it's that's something you just have to learn by practicing and listening, and a lot. You know, that's. That was the, one of the main things when I was a starting producer till now is learning how to EQ things. So that's great advice. Yeah, also panning. I don't know, putting, uh, I don't know, kick and bass on the middle and everything else uh, on the sides, you know. Right. 
Now, do you do any side chaining to make room for bass? Uh, yes, of course. Uh, that's why I love Ableton Live because uh, I discovered that my production sound much better if I use uh, side chaining on almost everything except the main vocal and on a lead um, synth. Hmm. I put all synths. I try even to put a reverb on side chaining. Not yeah. much, just, I don't know, two decibels, and it works really well. Great. Really cool. Not, yeah, so uh, I get that more professional, shiny sound when I side chaining everything. I don't know. I don't side chain clubs because they are at the same time at, as a kick, you know. Right, right. But everything else, hi-hats, uh, bass, uh, scenes, I don't know, everything wow. else. That's very interesting. Now, you like the side chaining in Ableton e even better than Studio One? Yes, even better in a new Cubase also, because new Cubase uh, brings some really new uh, features, but uh, I really like sidechaining in uh, Ableton because it's so simple that you can, I don't know, you can't imagine how simple it is. And you like the sound of Ableton because, you know, there is, there is. Yes, people... I love, yes, yeah. I know people use uh, Logic uh, Studio One and uh, Cubase for mastering and uh, doing and mix, but I discovered that somehow, uh, I don't know why, I try all these, uh, all other softwares, but yeah. somehow uh, Ableton Live has some punch, you know. Right. From the start, right. when I throw sounds inside, uh, they sound somehow more uh, in face uh, punch and so on. So I use right. it even for mastering. And I, as I wrote uh, a lot of articles for Soundbytes magazine, you can imagine that I have all uh, software that you can imagine. But uh, I use uh, internal things mostly in Ableton, even for mastering and for mix. Wow. That's really cool. Now, tell me more about your sound, the Soundbytes uh, articles that you write. They, they send you software and gear and then you review it? Yeah, mostly software because they... They give us sometimes a uh, discount on gear, but um, next time in next life, maybe. And do you get uh, a lot of software to review? Yes, a lot of software in the review. That sounds All like a thousand. fun job. That yeah, like, it is, yeah, it is. It is. It is. Yes. Now, what is your favorite internet resource for EDM production? YouTube. Yeah. For everything, because YouTube is also for marketing. YouTube is for tutorials and YouTube is for um everything because uh if you made i don't know if you put a picture on your song and put it on a youtube um more people will hear you than if you put it i don't know on soundcloud or, or even on my own site or i don't know anywhere yeah youtube seems to be like the big answer for that and you can't beat it the only the only negative i could think about for youtube is when somebody gets on there and makes a video and they're not, they don't really know what they're talking about and they're giving wrong information. But aside from that, it's very awesome. Yes, it's true. Now, what about, do you go to any forums or do you read any magazines for EDM? Yes. Uh, I used to uh, read uh, computer music and future music. Yes. Um, sometimes I bought them. Music tech? Lately, yes. Music tech also. Yeah. And uh, for, um, I must uh, admit that I used, uh, in my production, I mostly use uh, loops from those magazines they got from, that you get free with these magazines. Yeah. You can't yeah. beat it. You can, I mean, and, and the CM studio is awesome. Yeah. And also all effects and so on. Um, audio effects, of course. With yeah. 
Yeah, I, I love those magazines. They're fantastic. They're expensive in the U.S., but they're still worth it. Yeah, they're not cheap even either here. <laughs> right. So, yeah. But they're, they're a great source for uh, tutorials, for sounds, for software, and so on. And interviews. Yes, also interviews. I try to read also interviews on uh, on the internet. I don't know. I'm searching around uh, on the various um, places and try to find those. But especially in YouTube, you find great tutorials and interviews also. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Now, now, when you were starting in EDM, who were your influences that got you interested and excited about it? 100 years ago, it was Moloko. Moloko? Yeah. But it's, you know them? No. You're so young? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How do you spell it? Uh, I don't know, but uh, have you heard for Royce and Murphy? Choose no. to sing there. Okay. But they're ancient. But it was uh, <laughs> back in the 90s when I started producing electro music. Um, wow. Otherwise, uh, right now, I don't know, various Nicky Romero, Garrix, Geta, Armin Van Burden, and so on. Uh, and yeah. I, I always download uh, UK Top 40. I went to Beatport uh, to hear what is new and so on. Right. That's now my source for uh, finding new music, for hearing new music and so on. Beatport? Yeah, and now, you who, top forty. I got gotcha. you. Now, who do you who do you really like now? Who do you think is you know cutting edge, innovative, original? Like, who's your favorite right now? Hmm, hmm. It's tricky questions because I don't know. Uh, usually, someone made a good song and then uh, all the crowd uh, trying to recreate it sounds <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <It's>, exactly. <laughs> so once in a while, you get someone. Um, I think uh, Nicky Romero made a great song with this to lose. Uh, it's yes. uh, an unusual song. It's something special. Yeah. Right, right. And I, I, I think I saw a future music video of him and how he did it. Yeah, and, I also, uh, I also. You saw that? He uses, he made yes. that sound in a, he put it through a Logic Amp Simulator to get that gritty yeah. sound for his lead. Yeah, it was very cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I like Rick, Nicky Romero too. He's, he's kicking butt. And it's nice melody. It's unusual for a, uh, dance music you know yeah yeah i really like it mm. now how do you market your music what do you find the best way to do that is Oof, i don't know but uh to tell you the truth uh, i spent as much time for marketing as same as producing music because <laughs> uh, i think it's the only way today to make anything with your music you know uh when i made my first album back in i don't know to five uh, to mm, 2005 yeah uh, I tried to push it around, but it's, I got nowhere. And then I decided to spend almost one year to advertising my music and uh, at least I get it, publish it and so on so and so on. So I think that you really need to uh, put on various, um, I don't know, like um, spinning records, uh, demo pool and I don't know, um, the place which one of your interview said tomorrow is Ac academy yes uh, of electronic music i put my song today here oh good uh, yeah that was uh, on armada armada album yes. Ar armin van, Arma van buren's yes label. Yes, I, yes and i think it's uh, that you need to market it on every possible place that where you can marketing your song because if you do for your mind your uh, i don't know relatives then okay do it at your home but otherwise uh Facebook, uh, YouTube, um, I don't know, 
every place when anyone can hear. Now music. you said you spent a year just promoting your music. What did you find most success successful in that year that really worked <laughs> for you? <laughs> I know I get one really good publisher, and he uh, bring my um, record to the one of the chief of the Virgin. So wow. Uh, yeah, wow! But he said it it is too odd. So this is his comments, and nothing <laughs> happened. Okay. Oh man, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but okay, I, I get my CD there, you know. Sure. And where where did you find the publisher? In Chicago. Just searching around different places. Searching around, sending uh, demo tapes um, on various labels, or whenever I got labels, um, so I send them. Gotcha. Through the mail or through the snail mail and so on. Wow. Oh, so you did you did pretty much everything. Yeah. That's, I guess that's what you got to do. Yes, it's exactly what you got to do <laughs> if you want to make anything with your music. It's essential. Right. Even more than uh, cutting low end uh, in a song, you know. Yeah, that's more important, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, do you... Someone, yeah. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. To find someone to hear your song, you know, this, that's important. Absolutely. Now, do you DJ? Uh, not. Uh, I used to DJ when I was young. Mm -hmm. But it was even before DJ time. So, yeah. But I think it's cool to DJ. And uh, maybe I will one day because um, I think you can learn a lot of through DJing. And uh, it's not bad, I presume. No, I, I, I believe it's fun as well. Like, I never DJed any huge gigs. But when you're up there and you're playing your music, it's just if, if you know how to DJ well, I think yeah. you'd make a better show. You know, I think it would be fun. Yeah, yeah I agree. Totally. Now, if you had a producer, a young, aspiring producer sitting in front of you right now, and he wanted to become a great producer, what's the one best piece of advice you could give him? Analyze other songs. You know, I always do that. If I like really one song, I put it in Ableton. I uh, find which uh, speed is BPM. And then I try to analyze how he made this song. Because when you're listening to a song, it's all great, but you don't have a, um, I, I don't know, you don't have feeling how it's really made. But when you right. analyze this song, you can see how much is the intro, which part comes after that, if this part is repeated somewhere and so on. I Absolutely. This is the best way because... I really never believe in sp being spontaneous and I don't know, just doing something. You should always do your homework to see how other people do and to know the rules, you know, before you start breaking them. This is the first thing that you should know when you start breaking the rules to really <laughs> know them. That's great, great advice. And it's interesting you say that. I mean, I know for personally, when I listen to music, I could either listen to it to enjoy it and not put much attention on it. Yes, also, but when you start working, it's different, you know. It's like job is job and whiskey is whiskey, you know. I also enjoy listening to music, but when I start working, and then I start analyzing and seeing what they use and how they use and so on and so on. Yeah, yeah, like I was going to say, that's one way of listening, but when I start to listen critically and try to figure out what they're doing, it's a completely different way of listening. It's, it's almost like, it's like work, like you just said, doing your homework, and it's, it's hugely important. Now, which of your songs are you most proud of? <laughs> uh, the Ars of Bale project, because I did it with one well-known African um, ethno musician from London. And, yeah, I see, uh, I've seen him. I saw the videos. Yeah, 
Very because it's it's really unusual in music and everything. I meet the guy uh, by occasion because he lost here in Blade when they have concert. And I help him to find a way and we start talking and he's musician, I'm musician. So he sent me some uh, DVDs with his um, songs and I try to recreate it on guitar. So it's fun. And then we start uh, cooperating through Dropbox. I'm sending him audio files and he sent vocals and so on. So yeah. that's the project I'm most uh, proud. I presume that. And also um, years ago, when the uh, one album which I was also being part of came to the 30 number of um, which I forgot uh, Billboard dance uh, chart. Oh, cool! Yeah, that was cool. That was something to be proud. Yeah, this group that you're in, what is it? You and the two girls for the most part? Yeah, they're neighbors. Neat. Yes, so when I need vocals, I just scream through the, my balcony. Hey, hey, do you have some time? <laughs> Can we record something? And so on. Oh, that's very convenient. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> now, where can people find these songs and the videos and all your stuff? Yes, my website, yes. And your website is rsov.net. That's A-R-S-O-V.net. Yes, .net, yeah. And people should definitely check out this site because you're going to find all kinds of different music, yeah. um, like electro mixed with ethnic, mix, mixed with all kinds of stuff and some pretty cool videos too. So. Yeah, that's true. Now, do you have any final messages that you would like to say? Any parting words for the listeners before we end off? Hmm. We shall meet again. That's the final message. <laughs> Sooner or later with all listeners. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, it's a good message. And... Uh, you know, I'd like to have you back on the show maybe in a, you know, a couple of years or so and see how you're doing. That's okay with me. Great. Well, thanks very much for doing the interview, man. That was a ton of fun, and I think you gave a lot of great information. Thank you also for having me in the interview. Yeah. Absolutely. Have a great time on Florida. Enjoy. Hope that you have some sunny day. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's the Sunshine State, so there you go. Well, thanks, everybody who is listening to the show. appreciate you guys downloading. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you have any feedback, you could send it to mail at edmr.com. That's E-D-M-M-R. I also strongly encourage you to go to iTunes and leave a review if you like the show. That helps the show more than you guys know because it, it ranks us in the iTunes market. More people can find us and we can grow. So thanks for doing that. See you guys next show. 